This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Hello everyone, happy Thursday. Welcome back to Talking Devils podcast, your number one independent uh, Manchester United podcast, brought to you by TalkingDevils.co.uk. It's different, we're, we're, we're doing our podcast here on a Thursday night, and as always, joined here by former Manchester United players, Lee Lawrence and Phil Marshall, here today to talk all things Manchester United. We're going to talk about the Southampton game coming up this weekend, we're going to review Burnley and also, some breaking news um, that's been just dropped into the comments there as well. So, do smash the like on the video, guys. Do subscribe to the channel. A lot of interesting content coming up over these next weeks and months. And look, we're just going to crack into it straight away. Um, first of all, um, Lee, do you know we had a big game um, the other night against Burnley? Um, one all draw. A lot of people said Ralph Ragnick coached a 4 0, but we managed to draw one all. Um, first of all, what was your overall thoughts? Phil on the performance and also um, just the overall result for United um, on, on Tuesday night. Yeah, again, I think it was another one of them games where we, we spoke about this a lot over the, the last couple of weeks in terms of, you know, 45 minutes playing really well and then sort of the second 45 being, you know, nowhere near as good as the first half. I think, you know... Um, I thought we started the game really well. You know, everyone seemed to be on the front foot, um, creating lots of chances. Obviously, you know, three goals potentially. I know, I know obviously the two of them were disallowed. Um, but, you know, looked dangerous and, and sort of was creating a lot of chances and, and, you know, should have been out of sight really at half time for me. I think, you know, the, the certainly the uh, the own goal, I think that was really, really harsh to, to be chalked off. You see them kind of... Uh, you know, tackles and you know, grappling in, in the box going on all the time. I think it was really sort of um, harsh to pull that one back and, and disallow that one, certainly. So, yeah, again, you know, 45 minutes, we, we played really well, some good football. I thought Sancho was probably that's the, the best I've probably seen him. Um, you know, in a, in a Man United shirt for me, I thought he looked really sort of sharp, you know, was positive, making a lot more right decisions. Um, so, you know, that's a, a big positive that we can take from the game. Although, you know, the, the result was poor. And I think, you know, a team like Burnley, they're always going to have the little moments in the game, but you need to be a lot stronger and you need to be able to see them um, periods of the game out a lot better than we did. So, yeah, disappointing, obviously, to, to drop two points. But, you know, on another day, you know, it's over at half time, And then, obviously, you know, the game's put to bed, but... Again, that's the way things are going for Man United at the moment. You know, little decisions, not getting the rub of the green. But again, you make your own luck in, in this game. So, you know, they can't feel sorry for themselves. They just need to keep going and, and try and turn these performances and these 45-minute spells into full 90-minute games and, and start winning games and trying to keep, um, you know, avoiding these silly, sloppy goals that we're conceding. Lee, 
Um, Phil mentioned obviously trying to maintain performances over over a full ninety minutes. Marcus mentioned it last night on, on the podcast when he said that Man United do are performing better, but we can't maintain it over a ninety minute period, and it's because of Ralph Rangnick's side is so demanding. When you look at United's statistics, we're probably one of the least high pressing teams before Ralph came in. Now Ralph has us up there and kind of one of the highest in the league at the moment. Do you maybe think the reason why we're not maintaining these performances over ninety minutes is because? These players aren't used to maybe working as much as they are now. Um, yeah, it could be. That could be a possibility with it. I mean, I've been uh, jotting down in games uh, the stats, looking at the stats for the last couple of games. You know, with with the Middlesbrough and Burnley, I've just wrote them down here. But we've got with Middlesbrough seventy one percent possession over the ninety minutes, nine hundred and thirteen passes compared to three hundred and sixty nine passes, thirty shots. You know what I mean? Nine on target. Again, very similar stats when you look at the Burnley match. We're absolutely on paper wiping the floor with these teams, but we just cannot. The, the in-game management at the moment is no good. Um, we can't. We can't. There's definitely a, a problem with maintaining. You know, maintain, look look at the first forty-five against Burnley. Like I say, we we should have been three 0 up with with the dubious goals and the chances we had. Maybe a little bit more. Um, and then the 20 minutes will come out the second half. Don't get me wrong, it can't be anything being about tired because they've just had a 15-minute break. But for 15, 20 minutes when we come back out, you know, we just look like we sat back and let them, let them come at us instead of maintaining the pressure and, you know, trying to trying to win the game early doors. I think me and Phil tweeted it. Let's get a, let's get an early goal now this second half. Kill them off. Surely to God, if we would have done that, the game would have been dead and buried. Um, I, I don't even know what the reason is why they, why they can't seem to... To do it over a full ninety minutes, it's uh, it's an hard one to get your head around, really, because you know they've, they've played together. Now, the, the team, the, the starting eleven, have played together enough to know how, how, how they play. And, you know, they, they surely they've got the, the fitness levels to do it. Um, being a, a top professional footballer, so the reason what, for me is it's a bit of a, a sticky one. I can't put my finger on why. You know, they, they only do it in bits and bats. But if that it did improve, like Phil said, if we could, if we could perform like we did do in the first 45 minutes over the 90. These teams which we are struggling with and, you know, drawing games with or losing by the odd goal would be up there. It's just it's just a case of maintaining it. Yeah, it's definitely. I think, look, if you look at the last few games, if you look at Middlesbrough and Burnley, yes, both similar performances in terms of in the first 45 minutes in both games, look, we, we've... On any other day, it's probably a 3 4 and a half time in both games. And, again, I think... Part of me thinks it's a fitness issue because if I look at the the way they played in both second halves, the 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 tempo, the intensity, the desire to win a second ball wasn't. It's not that it wasn't there, but they they didn't make that extra yard during them two second halves. And I think maybe one of these things for these players is they're not used to maybe working as much because in all these teams they were a counter attacking team, whereas with Ralph Ralph's uh, philosophy is you know keeping the ball keeping possession, creating more chances, whereas that's a more proactive style to what they were previously. And I think that's why, you know, you're seeing a great performance in the first 45, but they're absolutely knackered after that because they're not used to playing at that high intensity and covering that much ground. I suppose they... the other way of looking at it too, then, if that's if that's how it's going to be, then we've got to take our chances when they're presented to us. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? In that, like, say, if, if we, we can only press for 50, 60 minutes and then we start getting knackered, and you know we, we either need to make the right subs at the right time, or make sure when we do get them chances. And I say the, the stats what I've just written out: thirty chances in the game. You know what I mean? Scored one goal. We need to be doing a lot better than that, surely, to go. Yeah, one hundred percent. Just on that as well, I think you know you've you've talked about them stats there and having over seventy percent possession. Surely, if if you're in possession of the ball for seventy percent of the game, then you you shouldn't really be tired. Because for me, when you're in possession of the ball. You, you 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 should be able to manage that ball. And it is what Phil. Honestly, the middle of the game, right? I, yeah. I looked it up. I, I, whether it's right or not, I don't know. But what I've looked up, and it looks legit. We had nine hundred and thirteen passes to their three hundred and sixty-nine. Now, if they're chasing nine hundred and thirteen yeah. passes, surely to God they're going to be the, the, the more tired team than we are keeping possession yeah. of the ball. That's why I'm not sure. Yeah. Whether, is a fitness thing going on? I, I no, I, I was just going to say on that. I think you know if you're keeping possession and there's that many passes um, being made, then is it a fact that we, we need to be a little bit more um, 
clever with the way we're keeping the ball. Because if, if we're keeping the ball for that amount of time and that many passes, for me, that, that says we shouldn't be, you know, tiring out. We should be, if anything, making the other team more tired and creating more chances later on in the game when, when you know, they're, they're chasing the game or there's yeah. been that many passes made. You know, they should be flat out on the feet. If we're keeping it the way we can keep it and the way we have been, really, for me, the fitness issue is a bit of a cop-out, if I'm being honest. I, I don't think that that is... Um, at, at all, you know, it shouldn't even be in question that the players are fit enough to run for ninety minutes, whether it's with the ball or without the ball. Yeah, um, I mean, Burnley filled 20, twenty-two shots, only five on target. Yeah, there, there, there seems there's something amiss with the, uh, you know, the the the, the chance in, uh, con- converting yeah, the chance converting of what we're, what we're giving. Give yeah. me, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, mate, definitely. So yeah, I, I just wanted to obviously pick up on that because I I feel as though when people talk about fitness and and you know. All this kind of saying Ralph's style is is a little bit too much for you know some of the players to sort of transition into. I, I get it a little bit because obviously it's a different style of football. But for me, the, the level that these lads are playing at and the, the fitness levels that they'll have, um, that that shouldn't be coming into the uh, equation. Yeah, really. the, the other thing I would have said to that too, Phil. I know obviously it's a it's a long time since we we put on the jersey and we trained every day, but we was all fit as fiddles, weren't we? When you think about oh, it, man. you know, we we. we yeah. was, we never stopped, so yeah. no matter Especially what. Especially at the ages a lot of them are at as well. Like, I mean, yeah, excluding yeah. probably Ronaldo and Cavani, all the rest of them, you know, they're in the primes. And, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't it, have mattered what, what formation you would have played or what type of game. For them 90 minutes, you know that you you know, you know didn't really get tired, did you? I know no. I didn't, I can't think of no. anyone. Or it's adrenaline. Like, it's, come off and say, I'm absolutely knackered after that game. Yeah, no, no. It's, you're running off adrenaline as well. At the end of the day, if you're playing for Manchester United, you know, that gives you, you know, the extra... You know, 10-15% to run around a pitch, regardless of fatigue or you know how many games you play in a week or whatever. If you're if you're representing Man United and you're playing in front of big crowds and you know you've got that fire in your belly, then it doesn't matter how, how you know many passes the other teams or who you're playing against. You should be able to work hard and run around yeah. for 90 minutes, regardless. Surely they're getting, uh, like I said, 20 years on from when we played too. Surely to God they're getting more in the way of fitness and sports science and all that, what's developed. So I'd imagine they'd be a yeah. lot fitter today than even we was in our day, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you'd so. think so, mate, yeah, definitely. 100%. I think, look, there's a number of other factors. Obviously, fitness being one, I think, chance convert, they're taking their chances is another. Like, when, I think we haven't been clinical enough in the last two games, and that's been abundantly clear. If you look at even the last three games, even if you include the, the West Ham game as well, United have only scored three goals from 70 shots. Like, we've only scored three goals and 70 shots. So, like, if you look at that in a nutshell, that what that tells you is our, our finishing knees working on. Um, now, if you look at the last few games, if there are certain players playing, maybe in that game we, we win that game. You know, if there's other, like, Lingard or players like that, you know, of other players, who are actually our clinical players. You know, it's just the situation where, you know, every team has these type of games in terms of, you, you, you can do, throw the kitchen sink at them and you still don't score. It happens, but when it happens two games in a row, you're kind of thinking, you know, what's going wrong? What do we need to do to fix it? But look, we have a big game this weekend against um, Southampton, which, look, they had a great win last night. I'm going to touch on that in a moment. But one thing i will come to you back to you, Phil, is you mentioned Jaden Sancho. I said on this podcast in September, Jaden Sancho, after a winter break, it like he... Watch him after the winter break. Lo and behold, after this winter break, he's... I don't know what it is. He loves a post-winter break glow-up or something. I don't know what it is, man, but after every winter break we've seen at Dortmund, he just he's, he plays so much better. Um, but when you're looking at his performances since the West Ham game, like the Watford and Burnley game, kind of after it, do you think now he's had that adjustment period to kind of the Premier League and are we finally seeing the best of him? Yeah, I mean, as I, as I said there, I think, you know, that, that game against Burnley the other night is, is definitely the best game I've ever seen him play for, for Manchester United without a shadow of a doubt. I think um, that was exactly the kind of player I was expecting when we signed him. I mean, I wasn't expecting to hit the ground running straight away um, and be at that level from, from, you know, minute one. But for me, it has taken probably a little bit longer than most people would have thought for him to sort of hit this kind of standard and this level. Um, but yeah, obviously in recent games he's, he's looked far better. Um, just just all round, really. I think he looked more confident in the way he's sort of moving with the ball. Um, the decision making has been a lot better. 
and just you know the all round confidence. You can see that, especially in the Burnley game the other day, he was you know driving at players. He had that little bit of uh, skill on on the touchline where he's you know sent Tarkovsky and then he's nutmegged him, and that's the kind of thing we were seeing you know at Dortmund every other week, uh, and that and that's obviously what we want to be seeing um, you know playing in a Man United shirt every single week because if you can do that, then we've got an absolute fantastic player on our hands, and obviously he's only still young. So we're, we're hoping that this is the start now of Jaden Sancho's career at Manchester United. You know, we want to be talking about him sort of a lot more than we have done previously um, for all the right things. And I think, you know, his, his last couple of performances have, have definitely shown glimpses of that. So, yeah, excited to see if he can keep this form going because I think at the moment, the way things are going for us um, in terms of a lot of the chances that are being created uh, and not being taken, he's going to be a big player for us moving yeah. forward because um, you know he's he's somebody who, who can you know definitely create something out of nothing. And as I say, he's probably you know the player who's playing with the most confidence at the moment in our attacking um, sort of formation. So yeah, looking forward to obviously seeing how he can he can carry on in these next couple of games. But yeah, hundred percent miles better than he has been and. Definitely one of the best performances I've seen uh, the other night. So, yeah, long may that continue. Yeah, definitely. And, like, Lee, obviously, like, look, we, we've lost another attacker recently. Um, obviously, obviously, you know, that's opened the door um, for Jaden Sancho to kind of come in and, and really showcase still that he can play in the United shirt and he can get a consistent run of games. Do you maybe think now, if you look at the two positions that he's been playing in the last couple of games in terms of on the left or on the right, where would you actually prefer to see him play? In these to, next couple of weeks. To be honest, I nearly jumped in there with Phil uh, when it, when he was saying that because I think what my point I wanted to get across was I think it massively helped him against Burnley. I mean, for me, he was United's best player against Burnley, um, but I think it massively helped him playing with Luke Shaw up on the left. Uh, I think Luke Shaw had a great game to be honest, and not many people have, I've not seen much about on Twitter or anything, you know. But I thought his attacking play and his backup play to help Sancho out was from from a left back's point of view, yeah, he played really well, and I think that helped Sancho out a lot. Uh, now, whether moving forward, I know we've signed him as a right winger, um, but if he can strike up a decent partnership with Luke Shaw, and again, Luke Shaw's at a miss, but on his day, he's, he's a real, real good left back, you know what I mean? So we could have a great left left side there. Um, it's similar to the Rashford Shaw partnership we had last season. Yeah, they did well together too, didn't they? You know what I mean? But I, I'm not sure. I've, when, I've watched it, when I've watched Sancho on the right for us, which has not been that often, to be honest. I've not seen him strike up a partnership as, as well as he did with Luke Shaw um, the other day. So it could be something that Ralph wants to, you know, have a little look at and keep that going. And like I say, maybe put Rashford on the wide right or maybe a Langer. Um, because, like I say, that lad still deserves a, a chance with, with how he's done this season. Um, so if, for me, yeah, I'd, I'd carry, keep... I'd keep probably swapping and changing, to be honest, but I'd like to see... Him and Shaw could uh, carry on that partnership on the left because it yeah it did look really well against Burnley to be honest. And I know it's only Burnley, but the you know the overlapping the support play with them both they look like they played together a lot more than they actually have. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd keep and keep I'm looking up to be honest with you. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think look the, the thing about Sancho is with Dortmund he was very flexible where he'd play across the front three. Do you know like he'd be where he'd play off the front or. Where do you play on the right? Where do you play on the left? Like he has done all three positions before, so it won't be something alien to him to play on the left. And look, you're absolutely right. I think him and Luke Shaw's link up play the other day was was absolutely fantastic. Um, kind of, it did remind me of what Rashford and Shaw's partnership was kind of the last two years. Um, and look, obviously, as I said, like we're we're short a player now on the right, so it may be a case where Ralph maybe fancies Rashford too, maybe play in the right there. And co- and obviously cover until maybe in the summer until we sign a, a new right wing new right winger um and obviously look Jaden Sancho can play on the right as well so like look it just depends on what Ralph wants to do tactically yeah. in terms of his setup and um, but I either think, way I think if you can get them both firing I think there's no reason why you can't stop and change them throughout the season you know or throughout a match throughout a ninety minutes like they do they do do that you know what I mean it's one minute you'll see. Jaden pop up on the right and then the next minute it's on the left and vice versa. And I think that too could be good tactics sometimes against, you know, different uh, different clubs when you're not you're expecting a, you know, you've got Jaden on the left and all of a sudden Rashford's there running at you. As a as a defender, you think, what the bloody hell's going on here? And, it, you know, if they, if they both can do it on both wings, we might not need to sign, you know, another, another wide man. We might just need to get both the confidence up and get them both playing well. And we might have them positions locked down. 
Yeah, that's absolutely right. You look, that's absolutely true. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think, look, you, you, if you have a Langa, Hannibal's also been called up, and look, I think he's someone who could still have a, to, to a, a massive part to play in one of them positions. Maybe come towards the end of the season. So, look, we, we do have players there who can play there now, and I think it's a case where you're right. I think Ralph just needs to continue to play him, let him get their match fitness, let him get their relationships developed. Because I think one thing with Sancho at the minute that he hasn't had the luxury of having is having a run of games where he can develop a relationship with whoever was on the right wing, whether it was Dallow or Wampasaka, or you know whether when it was on the left, whether it's Telles or Luke Shaw. So I think with, with Sancho at the minute, I think for him especially, it's important for him to get a run of games. Obviously, we're talking about Donny when he was at the club. That was important for him to get a run of games. Now, look, he's gone to Everton on loan, but... Like, you know, I think it's very important that these new players who are coming in get the time to, to develop relationships within the team. So I think one thing we, we're, we're only starting to see now slightly is cohesion. Like, we weren't seeing cohesion within the team earlier on in the season. Uh, we know that for a fact that just wasn't happening. So, um, look, hopefully Sancho can kick on. And as I said, look, that post-winter break glow up, I don't know what it is. I wish he could just have a whole season glow up and just continue to... You know, play well, but it's just one of them things where it just happens every year at Sancho. But look, if he plays well now and keeps playing like this and gets us into the top four, I'd be absolutely delighted and I won't be complaining. But um, look, hopefully he can kick on. Before we kind of look into the Burnley game, sorry, not the Burnley game, Southampton game, um, I'm going to just get into a couple of comments and then we're, I was going to come to and there's a couple of comments just before that, but I'm just going to come to Reese's first um, comment here. He says, after the day I've had, glad this amazing show was on. Absolutely, Reese, we are all here for you. And, um, you know, look, and just look, anytime you need us, just reach out. And then, um, look, all three of us are here for you at all times. And look, glad you're tuning in, even it's on a Thursday. Though I know we, we, we're messing up your plans probably now, probably. But look, it's good that you're here and good to see you in the comments. And Therese is also in the comments, says, agree, Reese, good show this. And also Shane is in the comments as well. And Shane says, good evening as well. Reese has also brought up a comment, guys. We were talking about pre, like the new manager on the show, and we are saying who could, who could potentially come in. We've mentioned kind of two names, really, in these last couple of weeks, and that's been Mauricio Pochettino and Eric Ten Hag. Reports have just come out literally just before we've actually gone live. And the report says, Manchester United are ready to test the strength of Luis Enrique's commitment to remain in the Spain job. New chief executive Richard Arnold wants to explore the possibility of luring him to Old Trafford and on a long-term deal. And Reese says, also says that happened, he'd be over the moon. Just on the back of that, Phil, Luis Enrique has obviously had a great record at Barcelona when he was there and he's doing a, lot, a great job with Spain and really kind of reinvigorating the Spanish national team. If you look at the Luis Enrique kind of style of play, possession, football, all about keeping control, like he's worked with big players. He's obviously worked, he knows how to deal with big egos. Would you be, I suppose, welcome to the, welcome to him to come to the football club? Do you think maybe him as a manager and Ralph as a consultant could work well? Yeah, I mean, interesting. I, I mean, I, I never really sort of considered him, um, obviously, up until I've just, just heard that now. But, yeah, I think, you know, obviously, his pedigree is there for everybody to see. He's, he's, as you just said, he's dealt with a lot of big players and, you know, the possession-based football um, would be would be something that I would obviously want to see at Manchester United. I think if he did come in, I think he would have to, you know, definitely bring in some more players to suit that style because I think at the moment the way we sort of play and I think the players that we've got, you know, we've not got um, enough quality in, in sort of the key areas to, to sort of go that way. So, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be, you know, I'd, I'd be open to sort of seeing someone like himself come into the club and, you know, as I say, with Ralph in the background as well, who, who's obviously, you know, very knowledgeable about the game and, you know, he's obviously made a good start in terms of the philosophy he's trying to instill in the players um, so yeah, I think that's something that could work. Me personally, I I, I would like to see Ten Hag. I think um, he's somebody who I I actually feel as though, in terms of world football at the moment, who's potentially available, he would be my number one choice. Just purely on the fact that I think when I watch Ajax and I've seen them play quite a few times recently, some of the football that they're playing is like absolutely 
you know, outrageous. And, and I think, you know, it's different league to the Premier League, don't get me wrong. But I just feel as though he would, you know, be able to take United to that next level and to, to be able to pro- probably, you know, attract players who I feel as though we're lacking in, in the team at the moment who could maybe, you know, make us a little bit of a um, more consistent team and, and be able to get them performance levels better over a 90-minute period so yeah as I say open to you know Garcia I think he is a great manager and as you say he's worked with a lot of big clubs and he's doing a great job with Spain but for me personally I'd like to see Ten Hag out of uh, everyone who's sort of you know in the pecking order type of thing at the moment yeah like look Ten Hag seems to be on the lips of of many um, many United fans now when um, when I looked at like when Ollie got sacked at the time I was thinking my names were Ten Hag, Pochettino, Zidane, what I mentioned, but it looks like Zidane's destined to go to PSG at this moment. Um, do you know, I think th- them three names, I think, were linked. Now, obviously, Luis Enrique is coming out of the woodwork. I didn't, as Phil mentioned, I actually never um, thought about him either, um, to be honest. But, like, he is someone who has a good pedigree. And Lee, like, re-springs it up here in the comments. He has a 76% um, win percentage for Barcelona. Two leagues, three Copa del Reyes, the Champions League, a Club World Cup, and a Super Cup in three years. So in that short space of time, he was at Barcelona. It was a very successful um, period of Barcelona. Like if, when you look at that now, could you maybe see him as someone who could maybe be that alternative that we can maybe look at? Let's say if Ten Hag wants to stay with that Ajax project, and maybe if Man United don't. Maybe look at Pochettino. Maybe they want someone who's won trophies at the highest level. Yeah, I'll definitely be open to uh, Enrique coming. I mean, I've seen a rumour not a couple few months ago. Um, and I think it was over Twitter or something. It was only a little rumour that they was they was thinking about that anyway. And I, I, I when when I heard the rumour itself, I, I thought it might not be a bad appointment. I, I didn't see it coming by any stretch of the imagination, if I'm being honest. But I thought that you know, if it did happen, it's like I say the record speaks for itself. Is in the short period of time, the things he's won, which Reese has just pointed out to us, you know, what football club in the world wouldn't want a manager like that? Um, but I kind of reiterate what Phil said, and I'm on the same wavelength as Phil at the moment. If I if I had to choose someone, it would be Ten Hag. Uh, young, fresh, new ideas. You know, I think Ten Hag would be a, a breath of fresh air, um, bring a bit of difference and a bit of different philosophy to the way uh, football be, has been played for many years. Um so yeah, for me, my number one choice would be would be Tenag, but I definitely wouldn't be disappointed if we landed someone like Luis Enrique. Um, you know, like I say, the record speaks for itself. So win win, either or. Yeah, definitely. And I think look, if United don't decide to go down the Pochettino route and they decide, like, do you know that Ajax? Let's like say Ten Hag decides I want to stay at that project at Ajax, then. Enrique is definitely a bit a good option. I think for me, the last option I want to see United go down is let's say at this moment in time, a Graham Potter or like uh, Brendan Rogers. Do you know like Graham Potter's a great coach, but I don't think he's ready for United yet. I think he needs a big move before he's even considered for that. Now, obviously, I've been trolling the whole Twitter world with Wayne Rooney, and I think I, I think I ruffled a few feathers um, on Twitter there last week when I said Wayne Rooney will be the Man United manager. The one thing they misconstrued at my tweet was. I said one day. That can mean any time. That can mean five years' time, 10 years' time, 20 years' time. You know, but people on Twitter like, like good reactions. So, you know, that, I'll leave that where it is. But, like, you know, I think if you look outside the spectrum of, like, Pochettino or Ten Hag, I think Enrique has to be considered. And I think because Enrique would probably want to go to the World Cup, like, I think if United are set on Enrique, then maybe the best the kind of option for that would be that Ralph stays on till January next year. The World Cup's over in December. And then, you know, Enrique takes over in January and Ralph has the team set for him. And hopefully we're in a good position then, then so, as well. I, I would have liked Ralph to have stayed on anyway, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I know it, is, it, it looks like, obviously we didn't sign no one in January, so it looks like he's, he's just been put there to deal with what we had and, you know, not bring in anybody or, you know, try and mould the team around his own way. I personally would have liked him to have been given that responsibility to try and build the team and maybe had a little bit, you know, a little bit longer with, you know, the likes of the players he likes and the players what would buy into his philosophy. Um, 
six months seemed a little bit short for me. I, I would have liked them to have at least had a year and then, you know, brought some players in and see, see how we've progressed from there. Unfortunately, like I say, it looks like he's he's just been brought into steady the ship with what we've what we've got and get it ready for the next manager. Yeah, I think it's one of them as well. I think he's come in steady in the ship and then he's going to go in, obviously, to the consultancy role then after that. Now, look, we don't know how much power he's actually going to have in that consultancy role. I think there's a lot of people, including myself, um, questioning that. But look, this is something we'll, we'll see um, in the summer. I think that's what what will be... Is that uh, how much power is he going to have if, he, if he's in a consultancy role and he's, he's working closely with a manager? If we do sign a manager like Luis Enrique, who's going to have all his own ideas and his own philosophies, do you know what I mean? How, how, how valued is his input going to be with the likes of someone like that? Whereas if he's, you know, he's got a fresh new lad like Ten Hag in there, you know, we probably look forward to getting Ralph's input and you know taking on board his experience and things like that. So that's the other thing if Enrique comes in, is that going to be a clash if Ralph goes upstairs? Yeah, and I think you can look at their two different philosophies. Like, they're a bit different, like, in terms of, like, Enrique, it's all about, like, possession football, but Ralph's is, but Ralph's more about pressing and counter-pressing, yeah. you know, that they're a bit different. So, like, I think that could happen, they could clash. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think the new manager, whoever it may be, um, look, there'll be a lot of um a lot of questions that need to be asked because obviously there's a lot of players at this football club that we have mentioned before who, who aren't good enough. And you know, it would be it would be interesting to see who they move on, what own players they bring in to kind of adapt um their philosophy. But look, it's very interesting these next few months are going are going to be exciting. Um and obviously probably annoying as well at the same time because every day there's gonna be a different news story about someone or something. Um, but just kind of looking ahead um, to the Southampton game because obviously they, they had a very big result last night um, against Spurs 3-2 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and they're on a kind of good run of form at the moment under Rav Hasenhutl, actually a, a student um, though, Phil, of Ralph Ragnick. When you look at Southampton's overall performance last night and just their last couple of games, are you concerned with them coming to Old Trafford at the moment because they're on a high? Yeah, I mean, always off the back of a good result, you know, that team is always going to have some confidence. And I think coming to Old Trafford um, at the moment, it's not, you know, what it used to be. You know, there's not that fear factor there for, for any of these teams anymore. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, a tough game. I was just obviously saying then, Keane, I don't know if you caught that, but I think the fear factor's gone now um, yeah. for a lot of clubs coming to Old Trafford. So, you know, Regardless of, of who it is, I think you know they're going to be coming with a lot of confidence. Just beats obviously Tottenham, who's a very good team. Um, so yeah, I think you know it'll be it'll be a tough game. They'll have the tails up. You know, as I said, they, they'll be you know looking to try and cause another upset. Which you know, every time a team comes to Manchester United, it's probably one of the biggest games of the season for them. Um, so yeah, but I th- as I say, I think Southampton's got a very good squad. I think they've got a lot of decent players. Um, some probably a little bit underrated, you know. James Ward Prowse for me has been, you know, one of the best players uh, in this last season, certainly for Southampton, but probably, you know, in the Premier League. Some of the goals he scored, you know, the free kick against Wolves the other week was absolute blockbuster. That, um, so yeah, he's obviously got that quality from set pieces, which you know is always a threat. Um, and then they've got, you know, a couple of decent players who can score a goal. Che Adams for me is another one who's, who's sort of, you know gone a little bit under the radar. I think he's a handful. Um probably didn't get the recognition he, he got when obviously Danny Ings was there and yeah. a few others. But you know, he's stepped up to the plate now. I think he's been, you know, probably one of the best players in recent times. Um so yeah, it, it's gonna be a difficult game. Again, I think if we if we can play how we did against Burnley in that first forty five minutes and be a little bit more ruthless then you know, the, the game should be dead and buried again by half-time because we, we are going to create chances. I think it's just at this moment in time we're, we're you know, you can you can look at it two ways. We're being a little bit unlucky with some of the decisions that's going against us or, you know, we're not being as clinical and, and as ruthless as we need to be to sort of, you know, kill these teams off and, you know, put teams to bed. Um, again, that Burnley game was, was a sort of typical 
sort of scenario that's sort of you know been happening for us recently. We, we've been playing well, you know, creating chances and just not being able to put the ball in the net. Um, and then you know, second half it was a, it was a completely different story. Burnley had the you know moments and we didn't see the game out. So I think if if we do the same against Southampton. You know, it's going to be a, a banana skin 100% because they can score goals at any given moment. And, you know, playing in the Premier League, you can't afford to give any team, you know, chances and, and you know, switch off and not being, you know, professional every single uh, minute of the game. So, yeah, it's going to be a difficult game. But as I say, I think, you know, if we play to our potential that we did uh, against Burnley in the first half and we take our chances, then, you know, I'm confident that we, we've got enough to get that result over the line yeah I think it's because they're on such a wave at the moment so Hampton you mentioned like a couple of their players still who are performing well like Joe Armstrong has performed fantastically well he's flying under the radar as well Shay Adams more pros Livermento who they have on loan from Chelsea he's been class this season as well and so they have a lot of good players who vaults like if you're talking about best players outside the top six this season if you've done like an eleven. So Hampton have a good like, one, two, or three players um, in there this season. So I think I think that Romano too. I think he's very underrated as a, a centre midfield player. I think he's uh, he's like a, a you know very steady engine in there, and he can he can yeah. cause problems too. I think you know you, you've got to watch out for him on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. And look, Broja as well on loan from Chelsea. Reese mentioned it in the comments as well. He's been he's been very good as well. Even though I have two friends who are Chelsea fans who also watch this channel, so. I'm not going to give them too much praise because I don't want to be blowing smoke up their arse. But, like, do you know, like, there is, he is a very good young player. There's, they have a lot of good players, and I like what Hasselhutten is doing with them. Now, they are prone to a 9 0 defeat every now and again. Leicester and United, obviously, being the two obvious ones. So, just um, just to throw that out there, I'm going to the game on Saturday, so I'd love to see a 9 0 to United. That would be absolutely fantastic. And then, um, like, the fact it's a 12 30 kickoff after going out the night before. We better get a win. Because I'm just going to say, it's not near a little sort of hangover, Keen. Yeah, it will. Yeah. Well, I'll probably go. The thing is, the morning of the game, I'll probably be in the pub before the game anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> my hangover will be sorted either way anyway. But like, yeah, like, look, it's going to be an interesting game because the way Hasselhoff plays football and the way Ralph Ragnick plays football, it's very similar in terms of press and counter press and win the ball back quickly. Um, do you know Wayne's comment here? Wayne says prone to a 9 nil every now and again. <laughs> it's true though. It's true. There, there is even a, there's a Twitter page out there saying did we lose 9 nil today? Like it's, there's a Southampton Twitter page out there saying did we lose 9 nil today? It's true. Like they are prone to a 9 nil every now and again. But look, let's hope we get another one Saturday. But like, look, it's it's gonna be interesting because like I think with the way them two play football and they know each other very well, I think they'd be trying to cancel each other out tactically. You know, during the game, and like I think the way we've been playing, and Southampton have been kind of are on confidence. So, like they, they, I don't think they're going to come to Old Trafford and sit back. I think they'll actually try to attack us, be aggressive, which I think could actually go in our favor. I think that's that that actually could actually go in our favor because if they came and they were just being the usual, you know, we're going to sit ten players behind the ball and we're just going to try nick a set piece or something like that, you know, like. They, they could probably get a result but the fact they're confident they went to Spurs last night and they outplayed Spurs they're probably going to have that false sense uh, false sense of security that they can you know play on play a high line you know play kind of attacking football push the full backs up if they do that that's the way Sancho and Rashford are playing at the moment in terms of their attacking prowess then I think we can we can exploit them that way I think the return of Paul Pogba in the last two games has been massively needed I think he's been a very good player. He's kept us ticking. He showed us what we're missing in terms of the like you know keep keep the I suppose tempo going, you know, getting the passes going, breaking the lines. I think Pogba could be a big player for us Saturday in terms of when we win that when we win that ball, second ball that we do you know, we we release our winners quickly. And I think Pogba could be very integral um, to that on Saturday. But um, in terms of Saturday, obviously we've a lot of players back now. Um, in terms of like the Pogba's, Luke Shaw being back, Joe Lindelof looks like he's going to be back this weekend. So at this moment, we're actually going to do our starting 11 predictions. And with these predictions, I usually always get these wrong every single time. I go heart over head. Um, but we see what the lads are thinking now, because obviously 
we haven't won the last two games and we've played well for different different parts of the game, but we haven't had a 90-minute performance. So it'd be interesting to hear kind of Lee and Phil's starting 11s. But Lee, I'll come to you first. What's your formation and what's your 1-11? to Yeah, mate. Just to, just to add to what you were just saying there, I was going to get it in before uh, before we get to this, but I think Phil massively at the end. Um, just got to get this in with how teams come to Old Trafford now with uh, the, the fact that there is no fear factor there anymore. Uh, and I think what happens is the minute we, you know, have one chance conceded against us or, you know, they take a couple of players on and have a shot. It's, it's like it's like all the rest of the teams in the Premiership, no matter who they are, smell blood with us now. And they just attack and attack and attack. And I was just going to say what a good point what you just made was because I've got a feeling that's what's going to happen with Southampton. You know, they'll get they'll be, become a point in the game where they will smell blood and they will go for it. Hopefully, we've got the players there now who, you know, the, the confidence is coming back a little that we can counter-attack that and uh, make it work to our advantage. So, yeah, I think they were both great points. But my starting eleven. Uh, I'm going to go for 4-3-3. I don't know if he's going to play that or not, but that's that's the one I would go for. I'd go David Digge in net, um, Dalot and Varane, um, and I'd drop Maguire because... Oh, thank God. He's, he's, got, he's, got, to, he's got to be dropped at the end of the day. Um Hopefully Lindelof's fit enough to uh, to start or come back in. Is he injured or is it because of the breaking that he's still not playing? He had he had uh, COVID and then he also had the break in as well. Breaking. So there's been well, two things happening kind of at the same I'd, time. I'd like I'd like to see. I, I don't think Bayer's uh, fit is it. So I think Lindelof no. or Jones would be the, the next option. But I think Lindelof did get the the nod over Jones um, and then carry on playing Luke Shaw at left back. I'm not sure whether Tellers has recovered from COVID or not too. But to be fair, with how Shaw played up against Burnley, I'd, uh, for me, he'd keep his place anyway. I'd, um, the, the middle three, I'd put Scott McTominay in with Pogba and Fernandes. And then the top three, I'd put Cristiano Ronaldo. He'd be back in my starting eleven. Um, you've got to keep Sancho playing, so he'd be up there. And then it comes down to whether I keep Rashford on to try and get his confidence back up or I'd put Alanga back in. Um Going off Ralph, I've got a feeling he'll keep Rashford back in there. So I think that'll be my top three of Rashford, Ronaldo, and Sancho. Yeah, that's that's a bang on lineup. I think Reese actually has something nearly similar to yourself regarding starting 11s. I come to Reese's lineup there in a the moment. Um, but Phil, do you have anything different um, from Lee starting 11? No, I, I agree with Lee, if I'm being honest. Um... Short and sweet, I, I think, yeah, that that would probably be my starting team. Again, I think the only big one is whether, you know, Ralph is going to drop Maguire for me. He's got to do any Phil. He's got to well, do yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he should do, but will he? It's, it's, it's not, I, I wouldn't say he had a terrible was, game. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't terrible, was it? It's just that no, one no. week and it's... It seems to be doing it every single game. Right? For me, if it was my decision, yeah, hundred percent. I think Varane and Lindelof are definitely our best centre back partnership. That's not a question. I just feel as though because of the way the game was the other day, I think it's easy to pin it all on Maguire. I think Rio Ferdinand hit the nail on the head when he said, "You know, you can point your finger at Harry Maguire and blame him for that goal, which you know it was a bad error, uh, and he could have dealt with that a lot better." But I think collectively as well as a yeah, team, could have, defend, could have defended yeah. that situation a lot better. And yeah, Burnley's tails were up straight after half time. They're always going to have 10, 15 minutes, you know, in the game where, you know, they're going to be on top a little bit and you need to manage that as a team a lot better. Um, so yeah, whether whether Ralph thinks that Maguire's, you know, going to take the fall for that one and, and bring Lindelof back in, we'll, we'll obviously have to wait. I, I think I think for Maguire too, it seems like when he does make a mistake, it, it Nine times out of ten does get punished with a goal, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't seem to have That's that much yeah. work. Yeah, where it makes a mistake, you know, and you know, someone fluffs the lines yeah. or there's yeah. a bad pass, they yeah. always seem to put it in the net when he made. So he's, he's a bit unlucky with that. So he's yeah. made, so made, made part of any of the season. Yeah, so it gets highlighted a lot more when, it does, when he's it does. mistakes. Because I, I don't think he had a bad I don't actually think he had a bad game. I don't think he had a bad no. 90 minutes. No. The mistake cost us the goal, doesn't it? But yeah, yeah, I, I think it gives everyone anxiety, don't he? When he gets the ball, you know either he's turning too slow or his decision making is is so slow. Like he, his 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 confidence from twelve months ago is completely shot. Twelve months ago, he was one of the best defenders in the league. Do you know what I mean? But now, he was good on the ball. I think he was great yeah. on the ball, coming out in defense, you know, and getting getting you know pushing on and 
finding you know decent free balls or knocking it long and finding feet. That seems to have been not to hurt them a little bit now. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I, because even in the Euros, he's probably behind the Italian defenders, he was probably one of the best defenders in the Euros as well. And you look at him now, he's a shell of a man. And it's like, do you know what you look? I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know if it's a mental thing. I, I still like because you don't lose quality overnight. You don't you don't lose your football brain overnight. Do you know? I think there's obviously like there there is a contributing factor when we play a high line. We don't have that defensive midfielder to kind of help us retain possession. So once we lose that ball, Harry Maguire's in no man's land and he doesn't have the pace to recover. So Again, like look, that that is also a contributing factor. I think there's a lot of contributing factors to why he's not thriving in this team right now. Um, but like, he needs to be dropped for me. I think he needs to be dropped. And again, this is not a personal agenda. This is not a personal thing towards Harry Maguire. Before I get a lot of abuse on Twitter for this, but like, it's 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 one of these things where he's out of form. Lindelof before COVID and the and the break in was our best defender. So I think it's only fair that Lindelof comes back in. I, I, think... I, actually, think, I actually think Lindelof's had a better season than Vivan, if I'm being honest yeah. with you. I think Vivan's made you know, uh, uh, not as much, many mistakes as Maguire, but the goal the other day, um, it was so sluggish getting back. Um, you know, when the ball got, we got it on the counter attack, and obviously Against he Pearl, left yeah. and he looked like he didn't have a turn of pace to get back, and he, you know, he was left exposed. So I don't, I don't think Vivan's been as uh, you know d- done as well as I thought he was going to do this season. I think he's been. Steady-ish, but I don't think by all means he's been. It's not looked like a world-class centre back to me since he put our shirt on. Yeah, I think he's he's looked good beside Lindelof. All right, I think him beside Lindelof's been grand, but beside Harry Maguire, the two of them just like they don't complement each other. No, not at all. And like when you, I think I was just going to say, I think with that, I think it's uh, someone mentioned it the other day about Ronaldo. I think you know you can look at individual performances, but again, it's. You know some of the players that you've got around you, if if they're nowhere near good enough and they're making mistake after mistake after mistake and their confidence levels are low, inevitably that's going to rub off on yourselves. And I know you can only look after yourself sometimes, but them two players like Ronaldo and Varane, they've been playing in a Real Madrid team for, for you know the past how many years, playing with you know world class players, and you, you sort of probably fall into that sort of comfort zone where you you know you're just playing every week, you know what's and you know everything that's going to be, you know, a problem. You, you know, there's not going to be many mistakes made. Whereas when they've come in at United, obviously on the flip side of it, Ronaldo, he's not getting the kind of service he was getting probably at Madrid. You know, the players around him aren't as good. And for Varane, he's probably having to do a lot more than he's used to. So whether that factors into some of the performances as well, um, I don't know. But it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy to think that we still need to. For me, we still need to sound another centre back. Yeah. <laughs> We've got that many centre backs, so it, it seems that we still need a Rudiger for me. You know what I mean, or someone along them lines. It's yeah. crazy to think of when we've got you know we've got lads out on loan who are centre backs, and you know we've got Jones, Bayer, Varane, Maguire, Lindelof. You know yeah. the young lads. We should we shouldn't be needing to buy another defender. Yeah, definitely, and I think look. I think you need another command and centre back. I think we do. We need, do need another leader because, like, any time we've won a title, we've had two leaders a centre back, not one. And I think you need two really world top level centre backs. But Andy kind of comes back to the point I was making there in terms of like Harry Maguire is good when he's and in a counter attacking system when he has to do the basics. But once we try to play a more expansive system with a higher line, unfortunately, exposes his weakness. Again, last year we were in a counter attacking team under Solskjaer when we didn't have the ball. And we're doing quick transition. He was better in that system where you're popping the ball go out to a Rashford, popping the ball into a Bruno, you know, on the counter. But like in this system, when we've more pressure, like in terms of keeping the ball and trying to retain possession, it's just not his not his job. And also, Andy also says Harry Maguire played in the back three with two faster pairs either side, and you know, um, could work. Like he done that with England actually with John Stones and Kyle Walker. Um, in the World Cup, didn't he? Um, and also in the Euros as well. And so, like, look, maybe Maguire will be better in the back three because I remember even with Leicester, like, there with him and Evans, when they sat on, on when they sat in the eighteen. Two very good centre backs. I remember his performance at Anfield, and that stopped Liverpool win the league. Um, and I just had to throw that in there, but like, 
that that he like he, he showed what he could do then. He he showed probably why Man United wanted him, but again, yeah, his his weaknesses have been exposed since he's come to the football club. Um I think you know, I think Phil, if you, as a centre forward, Phil, if you were playing against Maguire, would you not just be looking at turning him all the time because he can't yeah. turn? He can't. He can't literally do a one eighty quick enough. By the time he's turned around, the centre forward's gone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you'd you'd be you'd be looking at exposing him. And you would. would you? You'd be coming short. I mean, you'd be coming short yeah. really long. And by the time you've done that, you'd be gone, wouldn't yeah. you? It's too. Strong. I think the the other night as well, the one when um, I can't remember if it was. Jay Rodriguez or a ball just got played over the top. I, I don't even think it was. I think it was just a clearance, to be honest. And he's just misread the flight of it, and he and he could have got sent off. I mean, he just sort of threw his arm into the side of him, yeah, and it was yeah. just you know he's just, not, he's he's just not got that turn of pace. And like Stan yeah. said, that's where he probably needs someone at the side of him who's got that yeah. motor to cover him. But like Wayne's putting in the comments, though, you shouldn't. You can't be compensating. Can't be carrying people at all, especially in in a defensive sense. Not for Man United. Not for, not for being no. a Man United player. Not the Man United captain to need to be carried in your no. own special positions. Not good enough, no. is it? No, you need to be comfortable in all aspects. You, you know. Pace, strength, knowledge, reading the game. That's, I mean, when you look at the previous defenders we've had, you know, obviously Vidic and Ferdinand come to mind. They had everything, and, and you know, that's the, one of the what, what I was going to say about Varane. One of the things that worries me about Varane is he doesn't seem like he's a commanding centre back for me. Like, like, say, we had Vidic, Stam, you know, these loud, no nonsense, big, burly centre backs. He, he seems more of a continental centre back, doesn't he? You know, yeah. So, I do, I, I think we need that. That kind of aggressive centre back to pair with him, like say maybe that that will complement with, with Maguire's not an aggressive centre back, you know. I won't say Lindelof's yeah. an aggressive centre back. Eric Bailly is, but then he's got an empty head when he gets on the ball and he's prone to a prone to a cock up in it. So it's for me, like say we need. Really if we had Antonio Rudiger, yeah, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, really Rudiger. Rudiger. yeah, like even I look, it's mad. I looked at Tarkovsky the other night. Tarkovsky was exactly what Maguire should be. In terms of aggressive winning the ball, you know, being there with your man, you know, like being commanding, like even though, like, look, I, I want us buying a Burnley defender to get to the next level, but like, you know, what I see now, Tarkovsky is what I wanted to see out Maguire, yeah. and yeah. you know, that's it's one of them things, you know, it's they do understand the game really well, don't they? Like the, you know, they're not great technically or anything, but Burnley, you know, for a fact, they'll put the bodies on the line. If there's a tackle, it's 50 50 to be won, they'll put the bodies there. You know, they'll win headers. Ben Mays is a similar, you know, type of center which just instill that into him. And, and the other night, as you said there, that, that was what they were doing in that last 20 minutes. They were throwing bodies in, um, you know, defending for the lives. And you need that at times. Even even a top club, you know, needs defenders that are going to do that because obviously clubs are going to have their moments in the game, and you know, you, you need to be brave and, and sort of have that you know hunger and desire, like a striker would to score a goal. You need your centre half to have that to keep a clean sheet or to stop a, a goal going in or a last ditch tackle. Uh, I don't think we've got that at all, really. No, you, ne- you never think you never think you're going to nil a team, do you? I never. When we always do a skill prediction, no. I never think, oh, it's going to be one nil to us or two nil to us because I always feel. We like did it. once. We did once against West Ham. That's the only time I thought we nil a team. That's the only time we nil a team because it's like everyone was fancying us to get bet, and I was like, this is going to be a snatch and grab. Oh, I'd be nil. Was a snatch and grab, literally last minute. But like, do you know? It's 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 rare. I don't think we. It's not often we nil a team anymore, is it? Like no. we. Just, well, well, like I said the other day against Burnley, I, I kept literally saying it's coming. We're going to concede a goal. We're going to, con-. and you, it, that's the weird thing about it. You know it's going to come. You know what I mean? It's not even just being the anxiety of it, and it's not coming up. And we always have anxiety when we watch United. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of the times we have anxiety, and we're still, you know, in years down that years gone by. You know, it was just our own anxiety what was making us feel that way, and it, it wouldn't happen now. You know. If we don't score two or three in the first half, or you know what I mean, you know the other team's going to come back in it, and you know there's a good chance that they're going to end up drawing or getting beat because we we can't put teams away. Yeah, and it's there's always that there's always that anxiety. Like I, I remember I messaged into a group chat there the other night watching the game, and I said at half time, fantastic first half, we played well, full time score is going to be one one, because I knew how shit like how good we we're playing. We never put teams away anymore. No. And, if that it was City, if that was City, it would have been four 0 by half time. I'm, 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 it definitely would have been. I'm putting mortgage on it. It would have been four 0 Liverpool, it would have been three four 0 You know what I mean? It's just, just that bit of lacking 
we lack that bit of cutting edge around. But when I think about it, who, who could we buy in January? What what top strike is going to be available? No. I can't think. I honestly can't think of anybody. It's not. There's no one really there available now. If you look, try and think who's out of contract in six months' time. I don't think Ireland's no. going to come. Is it? I was saying Ireland all season, but I, I can't see Ireland coming now. No. So, well. The, the thing about that is because there's the other situation at the football club, United might be forced to go in for someone at that level now with the new manager coming in because Cavani's leaving, Ronaldo's leaving in the year. Obviously, there's that situation. Rashford's off form. Greenwood's Rashford's off form. McNeil is still too young. I think McNeil is one for the future, definitely. But McNeil is way too young to take we the need, number we need, we need a, an established world-class striker. And I just, I, I can't. Like I'm just trying to you think. think I can't think of anyone who, who we could get in summer. Lee, do you think if Pochettino comes in, do you think we look at Harry, Harry Kane? Kane? I thought about that the other week. Um, Harry Kane on his day, you know, he's a he's a he's a 25 30 season season goal or season man in it. You know what I mean? And that's the type of striker we need a proven striker. Uh, but on top of that, we need a we need a proven centre centre midfielder too, and a proven centre back. It's you're looking at three, four hundred million there. We are, mate. We are. But that, to me, that's what's needed. For us, if we want to, I don't think we're going to make top four, mate. I'll be honest. I don't think with the squad we've got, I don't think we'll make top four. I'd be very surprised. I'd be more surprised if we make top four than if we don't make top four this season. And for Man United, that is not good enough. We can't even make. We shouldn't even be speaking about making top four. You know what I mean? Years gone by, if we would have got fourth, we would have been devastated. Now we're, we're hoping and praying that we get into the top four. That shows how weak over the seasons that we've gone from being that if we didn't get, you know, first or second wouldn't have been an achievement. If we got second now, we'd be jumping through hoops, we'd be over the moon. So it just shows yeah. what a decline we've had over the years. And the only way for me we can put this right is by, like, say, spending a lot, a lot of money and getting some good established players. But uh, as things have been these last six, seven years, are these top players going to want to come to Man United? Yeah. When you look at the... The, the stats Manchester United spend more money when they finish outside of the Champions League places like the average spend when we finish top four is 72 million when we finish outside of the top four it's 130 million so I think that tells you everything you need to know in terms of where the football club is at as to when we actually put our finger out and get what we need to get and so look I think serious there, there needs to be a serious slip in the part of this squad and I don't think it's going to be a quick fix um, there's obviously a transition that needs to happen and the new manager that comes in is going to need, I think, at least four transfer windows. And like that's what I'm saying. Um, you're going to need this summer, January, and this summer after the January transfer window after that. Like You're going to need that to really move on all the deadwood, that's the best word I can use, and get the players in to fit this new manager's philosophy. Now, not unless, look, it's an absolute catastrophe and this new manager comes in, results go even worse than they are now, then you sack him, but I don't even want to have that conversation. But, like, you know, in terms that this new manager needs to be given time and they need to, there needs to be patience, but they, they also need to be backed. But look, this is where we've seen the summer and how that works out. But final thing, guys, obviously, Lee mentioned Phil, score predictions. He said he doesn't fancy Man United to nil a team anymore. Um... What's your score prediction uh, for Saturday's game? Me, Ollie. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Me first, right? Uh, I actually feel as though we, we, we. I mean, going off pr previous games and when I've seen us, obviously we are creating quite a few chances. It's just you know having that ruthless streak and, and being able to take the chances to kill a game. Um, I think if we can do that, we, we can, you know, win this game quite convincingly. So I'm gonna say, I'm, I mean, I'm gonna go with my um, my heart over my head. I'm, I'm gonna say three-one United. Uh, I do think we'll concede, um, but I feel as though, you know, surely we can't keep, you know, missing these opportunities. And, and you know, with the quality that we've got, we should be taking. You know, for a few of these chances, and with the performance from Sancho the other day, I think he's going to um, sort of be the catalyst for us. I think he's going to score our first goal and get an, get another assist. Um, so I'm going to say three-one Sancho first goal, 
and an assist, uh, and Ronaldo, and probably I'll say, obviously Varane unlucky with that header. I've been saying that for a couple of weeks. The other day I thought, oh, he's finally done it. Um, but uh, but I'm gonna go for um, Sancho first, Ronaldo, and I'm gonna say uh, Rashford. Rashford, three one win would be lovely. Oh, I'm actually gonna give my starting eleven just so I can give my. Score I yeah, so I'm actually going to give my start 11 just for my score prediction so I can actually give my scores. Um, so I'm going to go, just to say quickly, um, De Gea, Dallo, um, Varane, Lindelof, Shaw, um, McTominay, Pogba, Bruno, um, Lingard, um, Ronaldo, um, Sancho, and I'm going to go I'm going to go 2-1, and I'm going to go Jesse to score, and I'm going to go um, Ronaldo to get on the score sheet as well. And so I'm going to go Lingard to kind of I suppose create more headlines, but hopefully in a positive way. And we went to one, and I go Cristiano Ronaldo as well. Do you, think, um, do you think Lingard will get booed if he gets to his starts? There'll be a section. There'll be a section probably of the crowd, but the 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 real, I suppose. What's the best way of saying it? Like I think the majority, they may be a bit of ill feeling, but they'll support the player throughout the game. You know, I think that's. That's what happened. I think it'd be the same as Martial. Martial came on and there was a few boos, but like, you know, effectively most of the fans did sing his name while he was there. I think that'd be the same feeling at Old Trafford. Yeah. You know, I think, look, we support our team for the 90 minutes and I, I, I certainly will if he plays anyway. Even look, I think what he done was wrong. Um, but look, I would, still will support him throughout the game. But um, Lee, what's your score prediction? I left you for last. Usually I go, come to you first, but I'll come to you last in this one. I'm giving you a chance to get one over on me and Phil this week. Okay, mate. Um, I've always gone and bat United to win every match this season, and it's done me no good. Um, so I'm going to be a bit dubious. I'm going to. I'm not going to. Again, I'd never say we're going to get beat, but I'm going to go for a two-two draw. Um, and I think the goal scorers will be Bruno and Cristiano. I think they're both overdue a goal, especially with the chances they've missed these last couple of weeks. I mean, Bruno an open net. And then a volley, which it could have, it didn't really get talked about in the match, but it was in the box and, and the ball come to him and he, he tried to volley it first time and put it over the over the goal. And all he needed to do was take a touch. He, there was no one around him. He could have just tapped it in. So he's, he's, he's massively overdue a goal for me, Bruno. Um, and Ronaldo, um, I think if he starts, he'll score. Yeah, I think we're due a Ronaldo goal, I think, definitely. And, Bruno as well, I think he'd want to score in front of Old Trafford after that sitter you missed against Middlesbrough because that was just an absolute travesty. Right, so there's been a couple, there's been a couple, a couple have gone under the radar with him where he should have should have scored him. You know what I mean? He's tried to do the, you know, the the worldly goal and he could have just brought it down and, and tapped it in. And he's, he's tried to he's tried to make himself look better than than he needed to. So yeah, I think he's got a few mistakes. What he needs to make up for. And Jim says there that um that's the most sensible and a score prediction that's been here on the show. But he says his heart says 3-0. So Jim is the most confident out of all of us. He's saying we're nil in the team see, and we're getting three. See, Jim, I always say 4-1-5-1. I always and, and I, every time I do, we end up having losing or drawing one one. So I'm kind of jinxing. Lee, you should just you should just say we're gonna get beat like three nil. That's what I'm thinking. I'm kind of jinxing. And then we might gonna have to We're gonna turn <laughs> up. So if I just say we're gonna get levered five five six nil, we might actually get win five six nil. So I'm yeah. a, I'm having to change the philosophy. Yeah, and hopefully, look, hopefully this change of philosophy works in our favour. And also, just before we end the show, there's a bit of breaking news coming in there as well. Um, Birmingham City have confirmed that Ty Chong has returned to the club on loan. He was playing actually fantastically well there, Birmingham in the yeah, Championship. Well, so, he's done well at Birmingham, hasn't Yeah, so hopefully, look, he can continue that. And look, it was, a, it was a great move. And look, I was hoping they'd maybe send him to Derby and help Wayne Rooney out because, look, he's four points off safety, lads. Just to kind of touch on that just quickly, what do you both think of Rooney? Um, amazing, man. Amazing. Breath of fresh air. I think he's done absolutely amazing. I think if he if he keeps Derby up, it'll be up there with probably Leicester winning the Premier. It's that big of a big of a sort of um, achievement. So yeah, I mean, Do you know what? And what what I admire more than anything is is took that job on at Derby, and obviously his boiled team Everton's come calling, and he didn't even take the interview. Yeah. For me, that speaks volumes about the kind of person yeah. he is. I know he's, he's got, got his mindset on, on. Yeah, he's got his mindset on what his job is at Derby, and he, he as you say, could have walked away probably. 
at any given point. I think there was like financial issues, which he's had to, you know, sort out with him, his own money. 21 uh, points, point deduction as well. Yeah, yeah. so amazing. Oh, fingers crossed he keep, keep, keeps doing what he's doing. Just a quick one, Keen, before we go. I know you've mentioned it, and obviously, I don't think Phil knows what's going on, but just, just to be. Just tell him, uh, obviously, we, I know you've had a bit of shit news, mate, but keep your head up and uh, thanks for joining in today. And like I said, we're all thinking of him and uh, it's obviously time's a healer, mate. So, yeah, absolutely. Look, we will continue to show, show our support, Reese. Look, we, we all are here and look, thanks look, for tuning in today as well, Reese. Joe, look, at, we, you're a massive supporter of the channel and look, as as your friends here do, we are here. If you have any time you want us to support you, do, do reach out because look, we are always here to we do appreciate your support. Um, each week to every single show we do um, on here on Talk the Devils. So, so thanks very much um, for your support, Reese. And as always, do reach out if you ever do need anything from any of us. But on that note, guys, um, we're going to wrap up the show here to get here today. Um, thanks very much, everyone, for tuning in. The comments have been great today. It's great to see a couple of new faces as well in the comments as well. I hope you do come back for more. We will be back um, next Friday where we, we, we'll be reviewing um, the Southampton game. Um, but also the Brighton game will be after that but also we'll be reviewing our first time meeting up as well that should be a great crack after I beat Phil and Table Tennis tomorrow just throw that out there but until then guys thanks so much for everyone for watching make sure to hit that like button and subscribe and to Talk to the Devils podcast until then guys thanks very much for watching and we'll see you next week Away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.